Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. Welcome back, Phoenix Suns. The Valley clearly missed you during the All-Star break. I mean, what would we do without all the fretting and panic and anxiety? Well, more is on its way after last night's loss to the Mavericks because there were turnovers, lots of them. There was an offense that bogged down into hero ball in the second half, and there was no Bradley Beal, who is turning out to be who everyone promised we were getting from Washington, including the player very prone to injuries and misses. Games. If the playoffs started today, the Suns would be in the play-in tournament with the Kings, Warriors, and Lakers. Uh-oh. And after last night, you cannot avoid the feeling that this team just is not equipped to win a championship. Not with their host of long-standing weaknesses that will be further exposed in a best-of series. But we might all change our minds tonight and again on Sunday and again and again and again. And I fear that this is how we are going to process and experience the final 26 games of the regular season. Not through the communal vibe of excitement and anticipation, but through the lens of trauma and fear, a region bracing for the recurring and inevitable heartbreak. And at this rate, we are all going to be an exhausted mess of a mob of round ball zombies before the playoffs even get here. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Just put us in a situation where we had to fight our uphill battle from there. Started quarters has been a problem with this all season, so we should have to be the first team to, to throw a punch. I think we play well once we go down a bit, and we just take all the thinking out of it and try to play faster, try to play quicker, but we need to do it from the start. Uh, that's Devin Booker on the start of the third quarter, killing the Suns last night. A couple things before we get uh, too deep into this conversation. Mm-hmm. I just saw your bestie on TV. <laughs> Reba McIntyre. <NFL> Network <laughs> is re-showing uh-huh. the Super Bowl, complete with uh, the presentation of the national anthem and Big's bestie, Reba McIntyre. So, Vinny, uh, so one day on this boat in Italy, they um, we uh, we had to get on uh, smaller boats and then on to basically rowboats to get into the Blue Lagoon, which is that little cave that you go in the entrance and everything is fluorescent blue on the inside. Reba's right next to me, my buddy. <laughs> I'm jealous. This is just me poking at you out of sheer jealousy. Oh, it's quite okay, man. Uh, The other thing is, man, it's amazing how sometimes two different people can watch the same event in two different locations and not compare notes, not communicate during the event, and have the same exact takeaways. That's right. I I came in this morning. I woke up, and I'm thinking about how how you want to attack this. You want to do the overreaction thing. And Look, you certainly can do that. There was a lot of things to be concerned about last night. Turnovers, Kevin Durant's performance, Yusuf Nurkic's performance. Yeah, him too. Uh, the fact that the shots are wonky, you know, uh, the fact that Bradley Beal wasn't playing again. You could be worried about all of those mm-hmm. things, and you can hit the panic button every single time. But I, I, I kind of came to that same conclusion. My thoughts on the Phoenix Suns are going to fluctuate mm-hmm. from day to day. Because that's what this team has given us for yes. 56 yeah, games. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And I can't, I, I can't get that emotionally invested in every 48 minutes of basketball 
Because I'm a basket case as, a, as it is already. <laughs> That's right. See, and, that, and, and again, this is a market that we have shown, and you know this because you spend more time on social media than I do. We, we are a market that really are sh- is showing the frayed nerves and the trauma and, and, and everything we have experienced in the past. That stuff doesn't just leave you, right? You go through these heartbreaking, heart-wrenching postseasons. It's not like you can just go, okay, that didn't work out for us. Let's move on. It stays with you, and it affects the way you view and process every team that comes afterwards. And, and, and our, our, our hunger, our thirst for a championship, yes. it, it's almost beyond absurd at this point because it's, it, it, it's gotten into the realm of what did we ever do to deserve this? What, who did we wrong? What 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 yeah. debt are we paying for? Yeah, right. And it and what it's sports god. Did we exactly, scuff the shoes exactly? <laughs> and, and and again, there are times on this basketball team when you're like, okay, this is the this team might have it. And I'll be honest with you, there were times in the first half, not a lot of it, but there were times in the first half where I was like, oh, I like this team. Yeah, there was a I few, like this. There team. was a few possessions on offense where the ball was popping. It was finding open shooters, finding that energy that they talk about. And you're like, wow, this is it. And then there was the one possession. And Reggie Miller, I thought, did a really good job of pointing it out on TNT. Like, And he pointed it out in real time. As soon as Maxi Kleba missed a shot and the Suns got a defensive rebound, he called it a clinic defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Allie LaForce asked asked Frank Vogel about that particular possession, calling it a clinic. That was the anomaly. Mm -hmm. I think we should start a new feature, a new Suns feature on this show. Every day, after every game, (laughs) and after every home game, you'll get Vinny's view, by the way. Sure. We add on an an addition to Vinny's view. All right. On a scale of one to a hundred, or zero to a hundred, with zero being this team's not even making the play in. To 100 being, this is a championship caliber team. Where are you? We change our numbers every day. (laughs) Yes, we would. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure where my number would be today. Let me think about that. We call it the Sunsmometer. Oh, I like it. The Sunsfidence scale. (laughs) The Sunsfidence scale? Oh boy, we can workshop the name. Well, well let's workshop it. Um, yeah. So, and it, here's the other thing that was just that that leads to my sense of of foreboding the uh, the ominous nature of of what I felt after last night's game. It wasn't just the recurring issues that the Suns have that that do not go away. It was okay. The Mavericks look dangerous, and this is a team that was behind us before the night began. And you look at that team, and there's a chemistry. Now, there's a real chemistry there now, and if Kyrie's healthy, that dude, his handle, his athleticism, it just it makes your jaw hit the floor. Mm-hmm. And then the pieces that they added, they've got size, they've got live bodies, and, and and that's the kind of team that can cause the Suns and Kevin Durant a lot of issues. When Kevin Durant struggled against the Nuggets, it wasn't just a slump. It was having to deal with those two bigs that the Nuggets throw at you. Um, Aaron Gordon, the other guy. The other guy? Yeah, who's the other guy? Not not Nikola Jokic, the other power forward. Aaron Gordon, who's the other guy missing? Michael Porter. That's Jr. him. Um, so so there was that. There was the look of the Mavericks last night. I'm like, okay. Oy. But add and, on to that. I'm sorry, to, I, but I wanted to get this point okay. in. It's not just the look of the Mavericks and how connected they are in real time. More often than not, they have a confidence level when they play the Suns. They have, they have a swagger about them, and mm-hmm. it emanates from Luka Doncic because mm-hmm. he, he's got that that you know rivalry with Booker. Yep. They've got the, the heat between them. Yep. 
And, you know, I thought Devin Booker was excellent last night. Right. And And, Luka Doncic was better. Yes. And and like you said, there were times you could tell Book was up to the challenge. In fact, when he went bully ball... And, and just put his shoulder twice into a guy. I was like, that's it. In that third quarter, I was like, Devin Booker yeah. should shoot the ball every on every time. possession yes, from I, here on exactly. out. Exactly. And so you wonder you wonder how to make this team get to that level and sustain it consistently. The other thing that made it a little ominous for me is I look and see what Oklahoma City did to the Clippers last night. And there's this feeling a lot of people have, including me, that, oh, they've got Oklahoma City's only three steps up. They're only three rungs up the ladder. They, they can't be dangerous now. There's no way this team's a number two seed. They smoke the Clippers. Mm -hmm. And then you look at, and this is the way it's going to be now. These teams now in front of the Suns and even behind the Suns, it's go time. And then the Warriors handled the Lakers last night. Now the Lakers were without LeBron, but you're right. Last night was a microcosm of what this is going to be like. 26 games is not, I keep calling it a stretch run. It's it's a big chunk of time. Yeah. This is two months of basketball. But that turns tonight's game in Houston into a huge game. The Lakers roll into town just, on Sunday. Right. It's it's going to be endless. So, so what, what, what's your son's, son's mometer number right now? <laughs> son's right, mology. Right now. Again, we could change the number. It doesn't even have to be. It the could son's be 72. Scale. You're 72? I don't know. You're that I, convinced? I, no, I don't, I don't know. That's a big I, I just, what? You, just not, gave, you just ran this theory on me. I don't yeah. know. I've got, I've got not a, one to 10 you don't want to do? One to 100? One to 100. Come on. It's his game. It's his rules, man. 72. I'm you make about, up the rules to mustache, not a mustache. That's true. Wait, there's rules to that game? Well, that's the, that, that's the point. There's I'm no at a rules. Ni- I'm at a 19. Last night, nineteen. We could come in Monday morning. I might be twenty. Johnson, Shane I don't even know how I pulled both those. I'm the worst guy when it comes to athlete numbers. Yeah, me too. I'm trying to think of another number nineteen. Bernie Kosar. There you go. <laughs> wow. There you go. Uh, have you subscribed to the Bickley Murata podcast? If you have, what's wrong with you? If you haven't, what's wrong with you? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley Murata Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. Coming up next, over the past couple days, we've got to talk to uh, the man who lead the Arizona Cardinals organization in Monte Austin, Fort and Michael Bidwell. little reflection of their visits with us on Newsmakers Week next here on Bickley Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Luke. Matt Miller has said some NFL teams aren't unanimous on who the number one receiver is in the 2024 NFL Draft. So what exactly does that mean for the Arizona Cardinals? We're going to ask the ESPN Draft Analyst at 10:15. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's there's nothing in this business that, that beats winning. And so I would say any one of those vic- four victories that we had, particularly those those victories in um, in December. Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania, yeah. yeah, when we had two good wins uh-huh. there in Pittsburgh and uh-huh. Philly. And, you know, winning winning football games, it, it's hard. It, there is a lot that goes into it from a lot of different people, from the, the number of hours that go into from players to coaches to staff and ultimately goes into three hours on Sunday to de- deem whether we were successful or not. And so any time that we were able to walk off that field, uh, that, that is a testament to what our staff has done, what our players have done, and ultimately we're trying to do that much more next year in 2024 than what we did in 2023. Monty Austin Ford of the Arizona Cardinals, who unofficially the state champions mm. of Pennsylvania with those two wins over the uh, Steelers and the Eagles. He joined us yesterday on Newsmakers Week talking about what, you know, 
he took away from, from last year's experience, year one on the job. Earlier today, we had the owner of the Arizona Cardinals on, Michael Bidwell. And I want to start here with, with Michael Bidwell. And we talked about this off the air mm-hmm. after we got done chatting with Michael. Um, he's a guy who is very accountable. He will come in. He will face the questions every yes. year. Uh, and I especially give him, you know, it was, it was definitely a more positive tone this year than it was a year ago because 2022. Well, I wasn't writing him about his head coach all this year. No, 2022 was a circus for the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. in so many different yeah, ways. But I give Michael Bidwell credit because last February he came in after that circus totally know, agree. had wrapped up. Totally agree. And he answered those questions. So I, I appreciate him uh, coming in and answering those questions. And it was a much more positive tone, and it should be. Well, yeah. And, and again, I just I just like the fact that, that you know what, he, as the owner of the Arizona Cardinals, to, to make time to come on down here, I, I would never ridicule or, or criticize anyone who doesn't take part in this. But I do appreciate the ones I that will. do. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Go, will. Who you I'm write yeah, down some names. Yeah, right, there yeah. you go. But, but I'm just saying, I but I definitely appreciate the ones that that have, and and so I also like what Michael said about uh, free agency that he has given Monty Austin Fort money that he's given him uh, cash to spend, which is good, and it's up to Monty to decide how he wants to spend it. Yes. Which is good because because I think that's appropriate. Here's what Michael Bidwell told us. I'd go back to the the, the extension of Kyler Murray. You know, right. we started spending on the foundational uh, parts of this roster, and when you look at going into this this free agency uh, period, uh, I don't know exactly where we're going to spend, but Monty knows he has the resources to go out there and get the job done. And so we've talked about that at length. Um, he's going to be smart about it, um, but we know we're close, and we also know that there have been some changes in the NFC West, and it's time for us to really take advantage of, of this opportunity. Yeah, well, I like that. You can See, take advantage. Changes in the NFC West. Potentially some of those changes come in with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. There might be some, some, some refugees from that roster just because of salary cap constraints. Um, and look, I, 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 look, I don't know what Monty Austin Fort, in, in the first year of being you know, plied by free agent money, with, with the okay from ownership, mm-hmm. go out, be aggressive. I don't know. We don't know if Monty Austin Ford's a swing for the fences. Big name, Chris Jones, Legarius Sneed, Brian Burns kind of yeah. guy. Or if it's going to be a tick down from that. But Like a Brandon Ayuk? There's some interesting names yeah. out there that oh, can yeah. really help this team. And as Monty Austin Ford talked about, us, uh, talked about with us yesterday, you know, there is optimism. But there's still a lot of holes on this roster. Yeah. At numerous yes. positions. Yeah. And listen, Monty Austinfort was right on the money that he said the nature of free agency is that you are going to overpay for the player. And so if you're going to do that, you've got to be convinced that that player is going to be a separational player for you that's going to actually get you that next step. Mm-hmm. And and I think that you look at a guy like Chris Jones, Chris Jones is going to be the most expensive guy out there. Yes. And, and if you ask me, he's worth every penny because like Aaron Donald, um, who knows what happens in that Super Bowl? Who knows what happens if he isn't pressuring Brock Purdy the way he is? Um, and Aaron Donald, it was the exact same thing against Joe Burrow. People go back to that endgame situation, and and wow, had he had just a little more time, he had guys wide open. And 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 that's the thing about the Chiefs. The Chiefs absorbed the loss of Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I don't know if they're they're the same team without a guy like Chris Jones. So, But if they pay Chris Jones, then, then who do they have to shake loose? It's 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 kind of um it's the fluid situation we're talking about. So
So I, I think that with uh, the number of knees that you got, I, I think it would be smart if you could at least solve one of these big issue pieces. Edge rusher, D lineman, offensive lineman, maybe. I'm not sure the loss of DJ Humphreys is going to be um, a game changer for them. I think they've got pieces to move around and cover for that. But my... Yeah. I'm sorry. I know there was talk yesterday too. Like, the, if the DJ Humphreys thing does happen, that opens up the left tackle spot. Mm-hmm. Would you plug in Paris Johnson Jr. over there? And I know there was talk yesterday that you know the, the plan is to keep him at right tackle right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Okay. So so if you're talking about profound needs, edge rusher, line help both sides of the ball, and then of course wide receiver. You need a number one guy. So if you if you could check one of those boxes in free agency, that'd be pretty good. But again, yes. it's it's that it, you got to be real careful with that because this is the market for guys to get overpaid. And in football, as we have seen time and time again, overpaying dudes in football can be very dangerous because once they get the money, they can. but it's you talk, a hard, violent sport. But you also talk about being equipped with that many draft picks. The Arizona Cardinals have the potential. To make a draft-fueled jump just the way that the Houston Texans did this year. Right. Now, they're not getting a quarterback in the draft, but the the Texans checked so many boxes in the draft last year. Mm -hmm. They got their quarterback. They got their defensive stud in Will Anderson Jr. They got a find in the middle rounds at wide receiver in Tank Dell. who wasn't around for for the postseason, but their rookies were the impetus for their turnaround. The Cardinals are going to have every opportunity to do that. You just got to hit on them. And and Monty mm-hmm. Austin Fort was honest about that, too. Look, it's a crapshoot. They're doing so much in terms of homework on these prospects. Mm-hmm. But you never know. Because, as as Monty told us, these, these kids can sit across the table from you and tell you anything you want to hear. Yes. So you yeah. have to rely on what your eyes tell you from viewing them. Your, your BS meter has got to be up and operational. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Because, because it's lying season. Yes, it remember? is. Indeed. Uh, coming up next, we'll uh, rearrange things again. Sarah's going to take us through some social studies at 8.30. Ooh, weird. <laughs> it's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Social studies. Brought to you by HigherPrice.com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Yeah, we are jam-packed with guests after this segment for the rest of today's uh, show. Bill Armstrong, Coyotes GM, is going to join us. Uh, Fiesta Bowl Executive Director Eric Moses is going to join us. Javier Gutierrez, President and CEO of the Yotes, will join mm-hmm. us. So, Jared Clown Shoes Carlin, are you going to make us laugh today, Jared? I hope so. I hope okay. so. You're two for two. Oh, boy. <laughs> No two, pressure. Wait a minute, two for two. Two, week, the- two weeks in a row, he's, the sports kebab has been popping. See, you can make those numbers work however you want. I would say he's like two for 400, but <laughs> well, two for his two last two. two. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Okay, so you make numbers say anything you want. Well, Jared, stay hot, Carlin. A little early edition of Social Studies today. We turn yes. it over to Sarah Cazell. Yes, yes, yes. Let's do this. Hi, everybody. We are Bickley and Murata Mornings, and we're going to the internet right now, no matter how dangerous that may be, on Twitter slash X, at Bickley underscore Murata. Uh, always fun to interact with you guys, all of our, our regular participants. Let's start with the Phoenix Suns after a discouraging loss for them last night, coming out of the All-Star break, a 10-point loss to the Mavericks in Dallas. So we're starting off with this fill-in-the-blank question, guys. If the Suns fail 
to make a deep playoff run, it will be because of blank. Ooh, so many things to choose from. I think they can overcome the turnover issue. And I think in this, if you want to say this is a cop-out, I'm fine. I'll listen to you calling this a cop-out. I think it'll be because of a lack of health, which will lead to a lack of cohesion. Well, that's interesting for a guy that puts your confidence level at 19. Well, that's to say my confidence level and them staying healthy is not that high either. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Like Bradley, I'm trying to. Yeah, I love Bradley Beal. He came to town with that label of always being hurt. Okay, and since he's been here, okay, he's I, now that sense. label okay, of yeah, always being I, hurt. Yeah, I, I process that poorly. Um, yeah, so I, I would, I would think um, that they would that this team is going to succumb to elite defensive teams with size. That's a good one. Let me. Can I alter this? Sure. On the health front. The only way in my mind they have a chance is if they stay 100% yes, healthy. I agree with that. Okay. So you could flip it on. Uh, yeah, no, look I, at it the no other I way. think what you said made sense. Okay. I, just, I, I heard it poorly. Okay. Let's get to our listener responses. If the Suns fail to make a long playoff run, it will be because of blank. JDW says lack of point guard, which leads to turnovers, which leads to bad defense, which often leads to a stagnant offense. And that's how momentum and basketball work mm. or don't work. That's a good, good response. This one is from Alex Gonzalez. Similar. He says uh, it's because they don't have a point guard. I love Book, but him not being a natural point guard shows a lot. We have shooters that don't get the ball at the right times, which makes a big difference. And obviously turnovers kill us. A lot of people wrote in they won't make a deep playoff run because of defense or lack thereof. Yeah. Uh, Grayson Allen shooting three three three-pointers a game, says Sean Murphy. John P. Kennedy isn't even looking at the Suns necessarily. He just says if they fail to make a deep playoff run, it will be because of the competition in the Western Conference. Could very well be that. There is a lot of that. Joe DiPaolo says, no fire, no heart, soft, soft team. And then Parian says it'll be due to a lack of health and rotations. Mm. Can I bring up one other issue that mm. I've noticed a lot? Of course. And it certainly was on display again last night. I don't know if the metrics exist. I'm sure the teams individually track them. The Suns' numbers on 50-50 balls have to be just atrocious. If there's a ball that's up for grabs, they are usually are not coming away with it, at least through my eyes. Do you see it that way, too? Or maybe I can... No, I, yeah. No, I, I think that's a fair point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I've, I've talked to a couple other people, and they tend to agree with me, so... Well, because you're smart at this stuff, so... <laughs> All right, let's get you do just, no hoops, Vinny. Just at this stuff. Only this stuff. That's right. I'm not going to comment much on anything else. All right, let's get to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They start their Cactus League slate this afternoon. 110 first pitch against the Rockies. Tommy Henry on the mound today. Two-parter. What is the team's biggest strength this season, and what is their biggest weakness? Uh, biggest strength, uh, starting pitching staff. Biggest weakness, being in a division with the Dodgers. Biggest strength, the addition of Steve Zinsmeister to the broadcast hey, team. Hey, there you go, Steve. Hey, Steve. 
Uh, biggest strength. I, that's hard to disagree. I, I like their depth. I, I like that there's not any perceived gaps going into the season. Biggest weakness. See-through pants. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, boy! Listen. Oh, boy! Listen. Yeah, okay, nine thirty. If you want to hear about every that, every team oh, boy. shares. But yeah. So if you go to that question on Twitter slash X, epically underscore Murata, one of our fabulous listeners, Rachel H, has posted a screenshot of the pants. I so what is it, Fanatics? Is that who made these unis this uh-huh. year? So you can see the pockets. The, the, the fabric is so see-through. It's not all you can see. see-through I mean, is it? I, I, you can see the pockets. You can see the sliders underneath well, the pants. Yeah, and can. the logo on the slider. Yes. Yeah. It you, is clear. I, there's some pictures going around the internet that you can see a lot more than that. Yes, you yes. can. That is true. Yes, you can. Stay you can see. Again, at 930. Some junk. Okay. More up. Like we a junk ball. We don't save stuff here. No, you're saving this. 930 doesn't do anything for the people who are listening <laughs> That's now. Fine. That's That's right. Don't That's save humor. This don't is, leave anything on the table, Ferret. This is 70% of my sports kebab, so oh. I'm leaving it all on the table. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... They're horrendous, and that's what Rachel H. said. Okay. She thinks every team's biggest weakness is going to be the fabric of their new uniforms pants. Yeah, it's pretty horrendous. Uh, Ashley says the strength and the weakness of the D-backs this year are one and the same. Coming off the most successful season in years equals great momentum, but also great expectations, which this team historically has not been able to live up to. Chalk Riley says the strength of this year's team is a young and experienced squad fresh off a huge playoff run. Great combination to roll into a new year. Their weakness is you can't hide in plain sight this time. The Dodgers reloaded and the NL will come out swinging. Like it. Yep. And last one from Iron Kitten. I think adding a good third starter to the rotation was much needed. Also a solid everyday third baseman with some consistency to the lineup. Brings some consistency to the lineup. The weakness, if any, would be Brandon Fott regressing from his postseason. Fott? Fott? If he does. All right, final question for today's edition of an early social studies. We were talking about Charlie Woods, son of Tiger, at the start of the show. And at Bic, you and Charlie shot the same 86. round yesterday, we right? Shot yeah. 86 yesterday. Congratulations. Yeah. You and a 15-year-old. That's Neither amazing. one of you made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So we're asking about Nepo babies. Mm. In sports or pop culture history, what is the worst or most glaring example of a Nepo baby? And for those who aren't familiar with the term, it's nepotism and somebody who has greatly benefited from it. Maybe doesn't deserve to be there, potentially. Ooh. I looked this up, and the actual Greek translation of uh, Nepo baby is, is the Nasus under the Kumpo. Oh, yikes! A Nepo brother? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, how about yeah, the- Jack Collinsworth? Son of Chris. Yeah. He's already been replaced on Notre Dame broadcast. Yeah, dude was rough. He wasn't the worst part of the Notre Dame broadcast, by the way. Oh, is that right? Jason Garrett. Oh, he was. Oh, that's right. I forgot he's on those. Yeah. Not that I watch a ton of Notre Dame football. Yeah, I don't watch any. Why would you watch Notre Dame football? He's just popped up onto our screen for like preview stuff. I don't know. And I've been. It's been clear why he got that job. Do any of you watch the Food Network ever? Sometimes. Guy, Rarely. Guy Fieri, the last couple of years, has started putting his son, That's all three right. of his shows, he puts his son now on as like a co-host, and this kid is a wet noodle, I hate to tell you. 
On a show about noodles, he's yeah. the wet one. I mean, he's not a kid, kid anymore. That was with him on, uh, on, at the All Star game. No, this is his no, older. This a is a grown. Oh, yeah, he's guy. like twenty yeah. or something. Yeah. This guy. Yeah, the kid would that at least be understandable. But yeah, right, this is yeah. a grown man. Yes, I've seen him pop up once or twice, and um, yeah, that's a good example, Jared. Anyone else? Anyone else we want to throw under the Nepo bus? I like this one. Uh, this response from MC Ren and Stimpy. Jarrett is the biggest case of Nepo baby not being able to match the greatness of Jackie the Jet. <laughs> I thought you were going to say of Uncle George. <laughs> Robert Mason also said, Jarrett, he has to have a relative high up at Arizona Sports. <laughs> what? How did this... Where did all this come from? Oh, oh. Don't get thin-skinned now, Jarrett. Come on. Skin's thinner than those baseball pins. Hey! Oh. hey ho. <laughs> And then we have uh, Sophia Coppola in that's, Godfather 3. That's what, who said, who suggested Brandon that? Brandon Murata did. Brandon Murata, speaking of. And that was that noted film critic, Brandon Murata. That's right. Uh, Bill she Belichick's son. He's a yeah. critic in all ways. No, he's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He yeah, got I some of his old man's hiss and vinegar, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Joe Good Buck for him. says Wookiee, but here's the thing. So you can be in, I feel like Nepo Baby is usually thrown out when the person benefiting from nepotism isn't good, doesn't no. deserve to be there. Joe Buck is talented. Yeah, Jack Buck was great. Joe Buck is also great yeah. at what he does. I don't think nepotism on its own is necessarily, or, or being a nepo baby is necessarily a bad thing. If you are good enough yeah. to keep your spot, yes. okay, cool. Yeah. You use your connections. Right, and then there's Dakota Johnson. Oh! oh. Is that your answer? That's a good answer. I've actually never seen her in anything. She, I've never seen any of her okay. movies. Or could hide those Fifty keep it Shades that way. DVDs. Oh. They really we should not it. ask her to host Saturday Night Live ever again. Oh, was she bad at that? Oh, very bad. Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Social yes. Studies. Uh, a little early today due to uh, Newsmakers Week. We're going to zig, too. Unfortunately, uh, Bill Armstrong, the Coyotes general manager, won't be able to join us today. So let's just, uh, let's just toss around some BS. No, let's, right. let's talk about hand fruit. Come hey, on. We didn't, yes. we, we didn't I've been waiting for this hand fruit Shoot. discussion. We did not get to it in the Rush Hour reboot. The latest on hand fruit? <laughs> How about that for tease? It's Pickley Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, everybody, it's Bernsey. The Arizona Diamondbacks are back on the field today for the first time since the World Series. How high can our expectations really be for them this season? It's the Burns and Gambo Show, and it starts at straight up 2 o'clock. All right, we're adjusting on the fly here. Mm. We still will be joined by Eric Moses, uh, Fiesta Bowl Executive Director, and Javier Gutierrez, President and CEO of the Coyotes in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, this has come up a couple times on the show yeah. with, with no explanation. So here comes the explanation. Mm-hmm. For years, and I think that started during the pandemic, the, Perhaps, the, the yeah. term yeah. hand fruit became kind of a synonymous term with this radio show. Mm-hmm. Jarrett's love of hand fruit, mm-hmm. which begs the question, what fruit isn't a hand fruit? I think it's still a, a pertinent question. No. Yeah, there's stone fruits. There's yeah. hand fruits. Most of the hand fruits are stone fruits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big Venn diagram right there. Well, I, but I, an I, apple is also a, a hand fruit. Okay. Okay. A hand fruit to me is something that you could eat without having to peel or cut. Pick it up. Um. And just Pick take a bite. Just Pick it up. In take your a bite. hand. All right. And All right. It has okay. to, That's the hand fruit. Yeah. I have okay. not heard the term hand fruit. 
in any other context in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I have 52 years on this planet. You know how David Johnson made a living off that one incredible season? I feel that way with Jarrett in the pandemic. Jarrett was a force of nature <laughs> during the pandemic. My element. And he hasn't done a thing since. Well, but you I were, did a lot then. Oh, you did. You did. You were innovative. You were creative. You came up with game shows. Mustache, not a mustache, was born during the pandemic. Yep. We booking. even did guest Jarrett oh, soup. I'm, I'm, I'm living off royalties from that stuff, so don't worry. <laughs> you are. This is like the guy with the one-hit sitcom in the just, 70s and right. he makes but, convention yes, appearances. Just like a hand fruit, Jarrett, remember, there's a shelf life. So, <laughs> so on the hand fruit thing, I don't know the, how you found no, this. I'm listening, I'm listening. The first time I brought it up on the show, mm-hmm. I said it not to be funny or anything. I, I said it as if it were a term that I thought everyone knew. Yeah, yeah. which made it funny. However, we like, what? since I've done that, Pretty much everyone I've brought it up to or have heard the show or whatever didn't know what the hell I was talking about. So I don't know where I got it from or, or where it came from. Okay, fast forward to yesterday. Yes, you, you sent us a, uh, a post on X from somebody who posts under the name of Basket Ghoul. Kaylee <laughs> Tumaniak Harden. Apparently a big Tumani Kamara fan. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this person is a Portland Trailblazers fan. Hosts first annual Hand Fruit Nation Summit, March 29th at 6 p.m., Rip City Remix versus the Santa Cruz Warriors, two G League teams, $30 for a seat in the produce section, and an exclusive Hand Fruit Nation shirt, <laughs> which there's a picture of. Again, March 29th at Child's Center. <laughs> And if you look at the replies, if you look at the, her timeline, it's a lot of stuff about hand fruit and this produce nation yeah. part of this G League NBA team fan base. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I tried to. I, I looked at a whole bunch of tweets and replies. I I cannot put it together. But yeah, but uh, I think we need to uh, to go fund you and send you to this. <laughs> so, is it in Portland? Is there a G League team? I think at it's Santa in, Cruz. It's in Cal- mm-hmm. California. Yeah. Portland's yeah. full of weirdos. You'd get along great there, Jared. Yeah. Well, so is Santa Cruz. <laughs> That's true. The fighting banana slugs. The banana slugs. You are can in get Santa a corn dog bigger than your face. Mm-hmm. There on the boardwalk. I have. Really? Oh yeah. It's the best. How do you feel about corn dogs, Jared? <laughs> what do you think about corn dogs, Jared? I don't love hot dogs that much or corn. I'm not batter. a I'm not a fan of corn now, dogs. Uh, now, have we ever reconciled the the uh, the plagiarism allegations that you stole the idea of hand fruit from Seinfeld? Was it Seinfeld or was it Larry David? No, it was in Seinfeld. It was a Seinfeld episode. That's right. Yeah. But maybe right. maybe that's it's an East Coast maybe it's an East Coast thing. Yeah. Maybe that's where I got it from. He talks about it's the the classic episode where they go to the Hamptons. And they and George says that the tomato never really took off as a hand fruit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really didn't. Yeah, so much success in these mm-hmm. sauces and ketchup, but never took off. Because because t- tomato could, is a fruit. Yeah. People right. don't realize oh, yeah, that absolutely. either. And yeah. you know, I, if you see somebody just treat a tomato as a hand fruit. Like an apple? You, you oh. are dealing with an unstable individual. And I am right there in Camp Vinny on that one. <laughs> yeah. If, if you have the ability to grab a tomato and just. I love it. I do that last See? night. Last Vinny's night. point is right. You're, last you are night. Last night. Right. You, the very night before this show, mm-hmm. I did that. A little garlic salt. A little. Balsamic vinegar. Tomato seeds and tomato schmutz coming down on your shirt. Well, I try to be a little decor. Uh Uh Put a bib on, Jarrett. (laughs) 
I eat shirtless, don't you? Oh, it gets, it gets oh, weirder God. and weirder. <laughs> okay. You eat shirtless? No. You got to do more. I can't dig- get that out of my head. You got to do more digging, Jarrett. You got to find out what the origin yeah. of Hand Fruit Nation is. Because it has. I thought maybe like the team was like the, you know, apples or something mm-hmm. like that. Because the symbol is an apple, the, like a anthropomorphic apple. Yeah. For the Hand Fruit Nation, but it has nothing to do with either team. I, and, and it's not nothing to do with the Blazers, obviously mm-hmm. the Trailblazers. So I don't know. The I don't think City I've ever remix. seen you. I don't think I've ever seen you happier than the day the box of hand fruit arrived. Oh here. no, no, it was exotic fruit. Yeah, they weren't all hand fruit. Oh, that's right, it was exotic fruits. <laughs> Maybe next time they'll get it right. Jeez, hand fruits only. I, I caution to say this, but you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. At 620, 620 I'm going to say one last thing. Please. Everybody maybe has had or has seen uh, somebody or is friends with somebody who has a pet, a dog or a cat that is just abnormally obsessed with food. Like, just like crazy, crazy. That's you. You're the pet that is abnormally obsessed with food. Sheds a lot, too. Sheds a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Not entirely housebroken. No, not entirely. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up next, we will be joined by the Fiesta Bowl Executive Director, Eric Moses, as we continue our final day of Newsmakers Week 2024 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.